Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we have a special guest who we were able to get on the podcast thanks to GCN. This podcast is brought to you by GCN. They recently released a new Cyclocross film called There Will Be Mud, which features our guest today. If you head over to gcn.eu slash cxsocial, you can get a 25% discount on your annual GCN Plus subscription and you can watch the film There Will Be Mud. This film follows Mitch Docker, who is completely new to cyclocross and gets into the world getting some tips and tricks by including what our guest today, legend of the sport Sven Nice, is here with us today to talk about the film and the season of the Bauas Trek Lions. Sven, thank you very much for being here today. Thanks for having me. It's always nice to talk about cyclocross. Especially on the Monday morning after the penultimate weekend of cyclocross racing. After your career, you became the team manager of the Bauas Trek Alliance. Yeah. How do you like that job? Well, it's really nice to work with professional athletes and to use all my experience and bring it over to to uh, to the riders and, and see that they make progress and work in a team and, and uh, try to handle all the pressure. Um, it's not only for myself now, but it's for the riders that we work really hard. And, and if they win, if they have good results during the season, yeah, and then it feels for me uh, almost the same like winning myself uh, in my career. So yeah, it's really nice to work with them. I believe this was your seventh season in charge of the team. How would you rate this season on a scale of one to ten, and why? Um, well, let we say eight. It's 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 never perfect, um, but but uh, we give ourselves an eight because. Yeah, we have a few world champions coming out of cyclocross season in the under-23 category. We have a third place for Lucinda Brown after a really hard season with injuries in the middle of the season. It would be a nine if Lars van der Haar was on the podium also, but uh, I think he was the third best rider in, in the race at world championships. But because of tactics, and I understand completely the way of, of racing of Eli Iserbit at that moment, but that cost us maybe also a podium spot over there. But, um, yeah, coming out of cyclocross season, if you see how much victories we had, the combination of, of young riders combining with, with uh, the experienced riders, we did, we did quite well and I'm, I'm really happy with the results. You already mentioned that Lucinda Brandt had a bit of a rough season with an injury to her wrist and hand following a crash in the Reckon of Tabor. However, in the beginning of the season, she was the rider who came closest to Femme van Empel when Peterson wasn't racing. Do you think that for next season she will be able to consistently fight with the young three who really had a super strong middle part of the season? And actually the entire season? Yeah, that's what we believe and I think it's possible. Um, she's still on an age that uh, she... She can she can ride on that level and and definitely because we saw in the beginning of the season that she was really strong and battling always for the victory. Uh, the only thing she's missing a little bit is is the ex explosivity in a sprint against the young riders. But with all her experience and 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 the, the big engine she has, she's able to ride uh, a really good season. But you see also that the level is really high. And when on a certain moment you have bad luck, it's really difficult to, to come back on the highest level. Yeah, that's something we we can't predict for the future. But if everything goes okay, the next few months, uh, she recovers really well. She has a good road season again. 
and, and we can prepare like we want to, then it's possible to, to write on the highest level that I'm convinced of, yeah. There are always some questions when athletes are older than 30, like oh, when will the decline start? But Lucinda was, of course, relatively late to cyclocross and made a lot of technical development and progression. And every year she still makes steps technically. Do you think that that is in her advantage that she can last relatively longer to a higher age because she is able to make technical progression every year? Yeah, the progression becomes smaller and smaller, of course, because we work already a few years together in the in the field, in cyclocross uh, in total. But I think the combination of a really good road season, yeah, the athlete she is right now, uh, combining with, with all the skills in cyclocross, um, I think she can have two, three good years again. And it's not physically, but it's mentally that she needs to be always there and, and push herself always to the limit. I think that the, the biggest goals right now is finding the good combination, not only ride a good road season, but also recover really well after all those races and, and finding some, some space to, uh, to rest, to, to recover a little bit, because that's the hardest part. If you see now, she's going really quick to road season again. But uh, mentally, she needs also some rest. And, and these are the things that we need to communicate really well between two teams and find a good solution. And, and if, we can, if we can make a good plan for her, I'm convinced that she's, she's one of the girls for the next few years also. Whilst Lucinda struggled, your other rider in the women's category, Shirin van Anroy, completely flourished. She had a super strong period in the... Christmas period winning a lot of races, including the World Cup of Havre and Zonhoven. She also won in Kokseide. She then became world champion under 23. For her, is that really the next step to go to the elites and continue on that very good period towards the end of the season and put that forward the entire season and fight for victories the entire season? Yes, I think she's, uh, she's ready now. Uh, to um, to switch to to the complete elite category right now. Actually, she she was always there uh, in the elite category during the season. Only at World Championships she decided to uh, to go for the victory over there, and that's what we also loved to see. Um, but she had the last answer, and she she could decide what she wants in that in that race. But I think the progression she made. She's really young. She's 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 only twenty one. She needs to make steps, becoming older, stronger. Yeah, she needs to lead, to to have a little bit more confident battling for for the victory in in that category. Yeah, we are convinced that we have one of the girls for the future, and combining Shirin together with Lucinda, that's 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 great to see the experience that Lucinda has. Then bring it over to to Shirin also. And, and if Shirin is riding really well, that the pressure for Lucinda is going down also a little because, because there is always one uh, out of two that's uh, having good results. That helps also. So I think we have a, a good team over there in the season and that we have a good mix of, of, of athletes helping each other. But yeah, Shirin is, is a girl for the future, um, not only in cyclocross. She was the young rider in the Tour de France with the white jersey also. She, she's a good time trialist. Let's experience with her what her career is going to bring. And we hope we can be part of that the next few years. She's obviously very talented. We also saw her 
put her nose at the front of the races in the Flemish classics at the beginning of last road season, also in the Ardennes classics, very strong in the Amstel Gold race. In the cross, she is equally talented, and especially running, she is by far the fastest of the field. Of course, she has a past in doing duathlon and triathlons. But one of the things I was wondering is, she is not jumping the barriers, whilst Buck and Femme occasionally are. Is that something you are planning to work on, or is that maybe just like with Lars van der Haar, something that doesn't suit her? It's not easy to uh, to learn when you are a little bit afraid, or um, we, we can try to work on it, and we are going to do that. But for example, Lars van der Haar is training almost every day on jumping planks, and he knows exactly how high they can be without crashing. But on a certain moment, it's not only the height of the plank, it's also the underground and the pressure of the tire. And combining that with riding on a, on a high heart rate um, in a small group, uh, jumping just behind the corner. So it's always different. And it's not easy to learn things like that, but it's definitely something on our list to try to make improvement uh, step by step. And um, yeah, we'll see uh, how things are going to work out. But um, they ask themselves also to, 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 to work on that during next summer season. And we are going to do that for sure. During your career, you basically made it mandatory for the riders on the men's side to bunny hop the barriers because if you didn't, they would lose time to you. So now 40 centimeters or the 35 centimeter lead planks are not... A big issue anymore on the women's side now we are seeing more and more riders bunny hopping the barriers i was wondering if you thought that at some point they should maybe increase the maximum height of the planks to make it more of a challenge on the men's side and if they then should maybe do or i know it's not allowed by uci regulations but they should maybe amend the uci regulations to what they did in bohm a couple of seasons ago lower planks for the women's side so they can jump and then higher planks on the men's side well for the moment um 80 of all the races they use the same planks they are the lead the lead planks with um, the visibility also for the partners they are 35 36 centimeters high and and that's also a height where the, the girls can jump so it's it's a good mix where they don't need to replace the planks and, uh, and bring them higher for the uh, elite man category it's maybe something to think about yes that that uh, the planks for uh, for the men are 40 centimeters high and the planks for the for the women for example 35 and that's the limit but you see that every year also the women's category is making progress and jumping higher and higher in different and difficult circumstances so let me say if we if we have those planks for the next three four five years on a certain moment 90 percent of the girls is going to jump also and that's what i saw during my career i was almost the only one who jumped barriers and if you now don't jump the barriers they they say huh that's strange so uh, riders adapt really quick and if this is something where they can win or lose a race they're going to train on that so for me they don't need to uh, bring them higher or lower for for a for a certain category that's not necessary on the men's side of course 
you had Lars van der Haar yesterday in Brussels. The planks cost him a bit, but overall he had a very good and consistent season. We know about the illness in the, around the Christmas period leading up to the Dutch Nationals and the big toll that took on him. He maybe didn't take all too many wins, but of course the win on the Koppenberg, we all remember that great finish there. So overall, maybe not that many wins, but definitely a consistent factor. Do you think that this was his best season ever, or would you say that was maybe last season or any other season? When you see victories, then maybe you you say that the previous season was, was better than this season. But the consistency and the way how he was riding almost every weekend battling for the for the podium, I think he, he has 11 second spots during the season. I think this is his best cyclocross season ever. It's a pity that he didn't won European championships because over there he was also really, really strong. And at that time of the year, he lost maybe two or three victories because of flat tires. What I saw from Lars van der Haar this year is, is amazing. And I was a little bit afraid that his results should going down this season because he became that in the beginning of the season. So, and all athletes know that when things are changing and when you need to adapt uh, on a certain way and, and, and sometimes don't sleep during the night because the baby is crying and... We didn't know how Lars was going to react on that, but it worked out really well and it relaxed him actually a little bit more. And we are really happy with the way how Lars van der Haar was riding this season. And let's hope we can hold this line and maybe put two or three victories more in this next season that is going to come. But yeah, he was always there. That's great to see, and he's enjoying cyclocross really well at this time of the at, at this time he's in his career. So um, yeah, for for us, he's the leader of the team. But he was not the only rider for your team at the front of the races because prior to the season, you announced a relatively shocking transfer of Joris Nieuwenhuis, who came in from the DSM road team. Yeah. Could you tell us how that transfer came together? On a certain moment, in the beginning of the cyclocross season, we got a phone call from, from Joris. He was on a point in his career that he didn't like cycling anymore. He didn't love training anymore. And he wanted to go back to his roots, where he um, created passion for, for cycling in total. And that was in cyclocross. Yeah, the first question came, do you have interest in the cyclocross rider Joris Nivenas again? And then we said, wow, this is a great opportunity because we knew that he was world champion in the past already uh, as a cyclocross rider under 23. So he has the skills, uh, he has the knowledge, but he's not a cyclocross athlete anymore. He, he uh, only rides on the road, a lot of distance, he don't have the skills anymore. And... And, and the flexibility to jump on and off the bike. So uh, we said directly, yes, this is uh, a big opportunity, but let's learn in the first half season, what are the problems? What are the things that we need to train on next summer season? And try to, to bring as much as possible the points for the start grid this season that helps you directly also start in the beginning of the season actually on the third or fourth row, but it worked out better than we expected. And, and directly in the beginning, we saw that he had results in the top five of the World Cup. 
at the podium on a certain moment in the World Cup in the end of the season. So I think this is one of the riders uh, for the next years in cyclocross that's going to battle also for the podium again. And, and um, he loves cycling again. And for me, that's the biggest achievement that he's back in business and, and uh, there is a smile again and he loves uh, riding his bike again. And that's the most important. Yeah, of course, in the past, we already remember that World Cup race in Zolder, where he ended third behind Wout van Aert and Machove on the pool, and the talent was there. But can you somewhat compare it to an old car that's parked in your garage? You haven't used it for two years, and you need to get rid of the dust, and then the engine will start going again. So that really he needs to get a feel for cross again, get to feel, oh yeah, going... 25 kilometers per hour through this muddy corner and then I my bike reacts like this that it's really these type of things that need to be worked on and that that's where the progression will be made rather than increasing training volume true that's exactly how you can uh, tell what yours is going to need we saw directly he was riding the Vuelta in the end of the road season and then came to cyclocross season and what we saw is that he yeah easily can ride one hour on a really high pace but if there are accelerations during cyclocross race, he's suffering a little bit. So he needs to have space, riding his own pace, and then he's going to have good results. But cyclocross is stopping, accelerating, uh, jumping on and off the bike. And these are the things that step by step, he needs to make progress again. But with his experience and the way how he was riding on the road season, he actually had good results in the Vuelta. Then you know this is an athlete on his age that can make progress in cyclocross really quick. And that's what we saw also. So we love to see making progress with him the next few months again. He needs to recover right now because he had a really, really long season. Road and then directly go to cyclocross, never stopped. But now he's going to take holiday with his family, recover a little bit. And then step by step, we're going to make progress and and... I'm really looking forward to see him riding uh, in September, October in cyclocross season with a fresh mental and physical health. Then you still had the two young riders in your team who did very well this season. Of course, your son Thibaut, who became the under-23 world champion. Pim Ronhaar also had a pretty good season in the top 10 of a lot of races. Sometimes maybe a bit inconsistent, but I think that's normal at that age. But with a squad of roughly, well, four or five riders on the men's side and then two on the women's side, how difficult has it been in the past seasons to plan out the season? Is the calendar too full to, and that causes you to need to make difficult choices in priorities or is the planning something that happens on the way? Well, for me, the calendar is never too full. We can't complain about the visibility of our sport because it's really important that we have a lot of races live on TV. But for me, the most important is that we always have the space to promote cyclocross in our own country. And if uh, you are going to have every weekend a World Cup, what we saw now the, the last few years, it's really difficult to combine the World Cup with promoting the sport in your own country because you need to travel to all those countries. It's important that you are riding the World Cup because of the points, because if you don't ride the World Cup, you are going to miss a lot of points and you are going to 
drop in the yeah in the starting grid. So I think for me there are a little bit too much World Cups um, because it's important to promote cycling in our own country so that all the young riders also have the opportunity to have races outside of the World Cup. Uh, if we only going to focus on World Cups, then it's going to be a market for 14, 15, uh, let me say in Belgium, 12 or 13 riders. And all the other riders not going to have the opportunity to ride cyclocross again. And um, I think it's important that we have also big races outside of the World Cup, where all the big riders also going to, because that brings TV, that brings uh, publicity, and it's also motivating for the young riders to ride against the big riders. So we start always talking to the riders and say, what's your goal for the next season? And do we have visibility in a lot of races uh, for the team? And sometimes we ask a rider, yeah, could you ride over there or over there? Then we have also riders in every race. But um, normally we don't have a lot of issues about that. The only problem right now is, for example, Lars van der Haar, um, who told us in the beginning of the season, okay, I'm going to see in the middle of the season how I'm standing in all those GC races and, and maybe drop some races when I'm getting lower on the, on the list of the GC ranking. But he was in every GC ranking yeah, in the top three. And then it's difficult to say I'm cancelling one or two races. And that cost him a lot of energy. And then you see that he was not on his best level anymore, for example, at, at World Championships. So maybe for the future, we are going to drop one GC for Lars to, to, to let him also mentally uh, being really fresh until the end of the season, because now it was really, really hard. It's a good point about the sponsor visibility of needing Belgian races, because still most sponsors of the big teams and riders are Belgian. But on the other hand, in a country like Spain or France or the UK, they will probably be arguing the same. Well, we need to have a World Cup because this generates more attention for the sport in our country. So how do you think that they should try and find a balance between not turning their back on the financial heart of cyclocross, which is truly in Belgium and maybe a bit in the south of the Netherlands, although there's not many sponsors from the Netherlands stepping in, whilst at the same time trying to grow cyclocross abroad again? Well, for example, I, I think I think uh, Kuhn is now uh, an important rider in Switzerland. He can be a really good ambassador for cyclocross in Switzerland, but then he needs to have also the possibility to ride in his own country. But if he needs to race every weekend a World Cup outside of Switzerland, the young riders over there can't battle with him uh, in, in local races over there. It's good that the World Cup is an international, the most important GC races, but that they, for example, only bring one World Cup in Belgium and one World Cup in Holland and, and, and go to different countries and bring all the other important races in other GCs. So then you have the space also for some free World Cup weekends, for example. But this is not the case for the moment, and, and that's a little bit the problem. Would you then maybe also be in favor, because for now the World Cup only sticks to Sundays, but there are talks about adding a race like Munich to the calendar. It's a historic venue. But if we look at the map of Europe, it's not far away from 
Tabor. It's only a three and a half to four hour drive to make the travel and the way they figure out how things work more affordable and better doable that they should maybe try and focus on some double weekends where they geographically locate races that are close together and combine them. Yeah, that would be perfect, of course. If you if you can do two World Cups, uh, Saturday, Sunday, close to each other, financially, it's much better for the teams. And then you have also the opportunity to, to say, okay, then we have a free weekend where the Swiss riders can ride in Switzerland, where the French riders can, can ride in France, and where the Belgian riders uh, can ride in Belgium. Um, and, and then sometimes you have also important races outside of the World Cup can organize on a Sunday. Because Sunday is the is the is the is the best day to organize a cyclocross race. People don't need to work. Uh, visibility on TV is much better, and that's the suffering that all the other races right now have because they also need to go to a Saturday always, and and they need to hope that it can be combined with a World Cup somewhere in the world, and that's the frustration of all the other uh, organizations for the moment. This past season, however, despite the struggles on the calendar, was a great success. After your career, there has been a lot of writing and talking about the times of Valence and Nice never come back. How do you view upon that statement? My thought is the times of Valence and Nice never come back because time changed. Now you have the times of Macho and Wout, and those are different, but they also draw crowds to the sport they've had time to generate fan bases and there is still life for the sport of cyclocross no matter who the main protagonists are the format is strong people enjoy watching people race bikes and that will draw people and not every year can be a great year some in all sports if you have a great season more people will come yeah that's true uh, cyclocross is is uh it's a really interesting discipline in, in cycling in total because everybody can win when you organize a cyclocross. The organizer, because it's a closed circuit where you can ask also entrance fee, the visibility and bringing it on TV, the, the cost of that is not that big. Um, you can come with all your uh, sponsors to a cycling uh, event where you see races during the whole day. Also, as a step up, to, to a road cycling, uh, when you are a young rider, all the skills you learn over there, you can bring them also to a peloton on the road. So it's an important discipline and definitely it's going with ups and downs. And when I stopped my career, it was, it was really uh, something special with a lot of fans. It was really huge. But what we missed directly after I stopped is that the, the important riders at that moment they stopped together with us. And three names where I think of right now is, for example, Niels Albert, uh, Lars Boom, Zdenek Stibar. Those were the three important riders that needs to battle with the young generation, Wout van Aert and Mathieu van der Poel. And those three riders were not there anymore because of circumstances. They went to the road, they skipped cyclocross completely or in case of uh, Niels Albert, he had some uh, problems with his heart. That's the, the down in, in uh, visibility, uh, intensity of, of our sport, because the, the generation that was on his top level was not there anymore. And, and then we needed to do it with, with only the young generation. And, and uh, that's a little bit of pity, but now we are back in business because now um, the middle generation is now Wout Mathieu, 
and they they're going to battle with the young generation that is going to come and that's pitcock but for example let's hope it's going to be Thibaut and, and Pim Ronnaar and all those riders. So it's going to be an interesting period again for cyclocross. And if you see uh, the visibility of our sport right now with GCN, who is bringing all those races live on TV all over the world, that, that that's, that's amazing. And um, the best event we had the last few years was World Championships in Overheide. You need to have a battle against the two most important riders, and that's what we saw with Wouter Mathieu. 50,000 people uh, on the course with the drone of, uh, of filming all the riders, uh, the the atmosphere over there. I think we are, yeah, we are now back in business and, and the sport is going to grow the next few years. I'm convinced of that. You already mentioned GCN. Not only do they show all the races this season, they also created a cyclocross movie there will be mud where they follow mitch docker who gets into cyclocross you have a role in that how was it to participate in that really nice because you can talk about your sport you can talk about the skills that you need and you can learn a road rider really quick what cyclocross is all about jumping on and off the bike i need to think about uh, shifting because there is uh, stairs coming or you need to run or you need to play with the pressure of the tires and uh, what uh, grip you need to have not only uh, on your tires but also under the shoe for example when it's slippery and it, it's really nice to see that a rider as Mitch uh, loved to uh, to ride with me and, and, and to adapt really quick because physically he's, he's a strong athlete but um, uh, learning all those skills together with him, it's really nice. And, and you can bring it over also in the film to all the other riders that ride on the road and, and going for the first time in the field and, and, and give them a little bit of feedback what they need to do when they jump on a cyclocross bike. And from your experience there, which current road rider that doesn't do cyclocross on a regular basis do you think would make the best cyclocross rider? Bogacha. I think physically, of course, I don't need to uh, to convince people of that. But he has also uh, he has also the explosivity, uh, and he did already a few cyclocross races on a really really low level. But he can jump barriers. He he he's really young, so he can adapt. And and um, so that's for me definitely a rider who can have also good results in cyclocross if he would work on that uh, a few years. But there are also riders where I directly say, no, don't do it because uh, you, you don't have the, the feeling for underground, you don't have the feeling for um, cornering really quick. And, and um, there we can say directly a Belgium rider like Remco Evenepoel, for example. It's a great athlete. But bringing him to cyclocross would not be would not be the best uh, best solution for him. Well, we'll wait and see. We know Pogacar has said that one day he would love to do a World Cup. It would certainly be interesting. And that film, there will be mud, is of course visible and watchable for whenever you want on GCN Plus. And I said at the beginning, if you go to gcn.eu/cxsocial, you can get your GCN Plus subscription with a twenty five percent discount there. Then we've had it, Sven, thank you very much for your time and wanting to talk with us today. You're welcome. Always nice to talk about cyclocross and 
if you see how the sport growth, the visibility we have right now, the things bringing on TV and the athletes that and and that's 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 important. The athletes like Wout Amateur still coming back to our sport. That's that's the best publicity we can have, and and uh, I think they they are going to need it also to to be good road riders when they are becoming older because uh, the things and the intensity of our sport is going to help them also having good results on the road. Thanks again for your time, Sven. I really enjoyed this chat and the interview gave us some nice insights on how things in your team have been going this season. Best of luck still in Oostmalle. We will be back with a podcast after Oostmalle in which we will discuss the racing in Oostmalle, but we will also talk about the now already early released World Cup calendar and we'll be looking at the openings weekend on the road as Tom Pitcock is racing there. He has shown his form with a win in Algarve and we are curious to see what he will do in the Omlopen Nieuwsblad. We'll also be focusing on Zoe Backset, who is making her debut or at least season debut in the Women's Omlopen Nieuwsblad. And Puk Pietersen racing a road race on Sunday, Dwarsdorf at Haagland, the second race of the Women's Opening Weekend. See you guys this Monday with a brand new podcast with a lot of cycling. Goodbye.